So we're going to go over an article where they basically explain how to pay 0% in taxes. So let's get right into it. So one of the greatest expenses business owners and retirees alike face is income taxes. That's why a forward-thinking tax planner is so valuable. They can leverage the Internal Revenue Code, the IRC, to lower your taxes and help you build wealth. However, there's another tax that affects business owners and investors of all types. Of course, I'm referring to the capital gains tax. This tax is levied on the net gains you make when selling capital assets like stocks, businesses, land works, of art, etc. But what if I told you it was possible to minimize capital gains taxes to get a 0% tax rate? So in 2021, a married couple filing jointly and making below $80,800 per year, including capital gains earnings, pays no capital gains taxes. With that in the back of your mind, your goal is to reduce your family's taxable income to $80,800 or less in the years when you earn capital gains. You may think that's impossible, but it's not. So I have a client who owns a small business that earned $63,000 in profits. That same year, he flipped a rental house generating an additional $30,000 in long-term capital gains. Obviously, that placed him over the $80,800 income threshold. Therefore, his tax advisor and I had to find ways to reduce his taxable income. So in his case, we utilized retirement accounts and HSAs and ultimately got his income below the $80,800 threshold. And because of that, he paid zero taxes on the $30,000 earnings he made on the rental home he sold. Now, you might be able to do the same thing. There are several ways to reduce your taxable income. So speaking with your tax planner and financial advisor can help determine which methods are right for you. And that's the thing that you got to understand when you're listening to this, right? Because taxes can get so complicated, you have to talk to like an accountant or a tax professional. Like you have to. Don't do this stuff by yourself because you could really screw it up. So waiting to sell. So if possible, don't sell a stock or other capital asset in the first 12 months of ownership. The IRS separates capital gains into two different classifications, short-term gains and long-term gains. Selling capital assets within the first 12 months of owning them can incur ordinary income tax rates of up to 37% on their gains. However, by waiting 12 months to sell capital assets, you could incur a much lesser rate, and long-term capital gains tax rates range from 0% to 20% on your profits. And that's a significant difference. Now, again, this could very well change in the next coming years. You never know. That's why always talk to a tax professional. So, for example, let's say you purchased a stock for $100,000 nine months ago. And it's currently worth $300,000. So, in this scenario, you have $200,000 of earnings. By selling that stock now, less than one year after you've purchased it, the $200,000 of earnings would be included in your family's taxable income for the year. So if your family makes $250,000 from your business and from your spouse's job, then suddenly you've earned $450,000 in income for the year, as far as the IRS is concerned. That would place you in one of the highest 
tax brackets there is. However, by waiting a full year to sell that same stock, you can move your income tax from short-term ordinary income to long-term capital gains tax at a much lower tax rate, excluding home sales. So if you're selling your home and you may sell your primary residence and not pay taxes on up to $500,000 of your profits and your capital gains as long as you're married and filing a joint tax return. However, you must have lived in the home for two of the past five years. So a few years ago, I had a client who bought a house in California for $500,000 as his primary residence. It is now valued at $1.5 million. Therefore, if he sells his home at his current value, he will yield $1 million in profit. However, upon the sale, he won't have to pay taxes on the first $500,000 of the capital gains. He'll only pay on the second $500,000 he made because that $500,000 counts as long-term capital gains rather than short-term ordinary income. He would pay around 20% on the $500,000 that comes out to about $100,000 on $1 million of gains. So that's a 10% tax bracket. So rebalancing with dividends. Another thing you can do to lower your capital gains tax is to rebalance your non-qualified investment accounts, meaning accounts funded with after-tax money that don't qualify for special tax treatment. For instance, let's assume you've invested $100,000 in stocks and bonds. With an equal split, you place $50,000 into stocks and $50,000 into bonds. Over time, one position in the portfolio could become greater than the other due to fluctuations in the market. However, just because the market may have changed doesn't mean your risk tolerance has. Therefore, you'll want to return the portfolio to its original 50 by 50 allocation. So to return the portfolio to its original allocation percentage, you must either sell positions that are performing well or purchase those that are underperforming. This is where potential capital gains come in. So if you sell the positions that have increased in value, you will owe capital gains taxes on the money you've earned. One way to avoid capital gains taxes is to divert your dividends. So instead of taking your dividends out as income yourself, you could direct them to pay into the money market portion of your investment account. Then you could use the cash in your money market account to purchase underperforming positions. This is, allows you to rebalance without having to sell an, an appreciated position, generating capital gains. So using tax-advantaged accounts. You could also reduce your capital gains tax by investing in your retirement accounts and other tax-advantaged accounts, such as Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks, HSAs, and 529 plans. Basically, you're placing money into accounts where your earnings never hit your tax returns. This ensures your gains aren't subjected to capital gains tax. Additionally, you can place money into qualified retirement accounts such as traditional IRAs and 401ks that give you immediate tax advantages. However, you could face capital gains taxes on your earnings when you withdraw the money years down the road. But contributions you make to these accounts reduce your taxable income for that year. Remember, you won't owe capital gains taxes if your income is less than $80,800 as a married couple filing jointly. Because contributions to your IRA and your 401k could bring your taxable income below that threshold, this could be a viable strategy for reducing or eliminating capital gains taxes. Using tax loss harvesting. One of my favorite ways to avoid paying capital gains taxes is a strategy called tax loss harvesting. 
Essentially, this is where you sell investments at a loss to offset gains from other investments. For example, let's assume you sold a stock and received ten thousand dollars in gains. However, in the same portfolio, you have a stock that has lost ten thousand dollars. By selling that losing stock, you're able to offset the gain on which you would have paid taxes. Now, it's important to note that in order for tax loss harvesting to work for you, you and your tax planner have to monitor your tax liabilities throughout the year. So, for instance, you may not need to sell losing stocks every year. Your taxable income could be below the eighty thousand eight hundred dollar threshold, even when earning capital gains on non-qualified investments. On the other hand, if you and your tax advisor see that your taxable income could be above the threshold and you're earning capital gains by selling investments, tax loss harvesting might be an effective way of offsetting your gains to qualify for that zero percent capital gains tax. So you could carry over your losses. It's possible that your capital losses exceed your capital gains, and in this case, you can deduct the difference as a loss on your tax return. However, the IRS places a limit on the number of losses you can deduct each year. So, as of right now, a married couple filing taxes jointly can deduct up to three thousand dollars of capital gains losses. But what if you have more than three thousand dollars worth of capital gains losses one year? If this is the case. The IRS allows you to carry over the excess loss to later years. So sometimes planners capture significant losses for certain strategies to work. However, due to the cap, those losses can't all be written off in a single year. That is where we use the carryover rule to claim losses for several years in a row. Yet not all losses qualify for multi-year carryover deductions. This is another area where you need to have a conversation. With your tax and financial advisors to determine exactly which strategy is right for your individual situation. So, financial strategies to minimize your taxes can get complicated very quickly. So, if you're truly trying to maximize your net worth, it's not always as easy as getting a booklet that tells you what to do and then filling out the booklet. Some financial planners want you to believe that. There's a difference between working with a Wall Street broker, who just wants to sell you an asset to gain a commission, and working with a registered investment advisor, who has a fiduciary responsibility to act in your best interest. True financial planners or wealth management advisors realize that things like carryover losses, tax loss harvesting, contributions to retirement accounts, selling your house, and timing your asset sales make a difference in the amount of capital gains taxes you will pay. And the amount of taxable income you have to claim, they will work with you to decrease your taxable income below the threshold to help make a zero percent rate on capital gains possible. So this was written by the author Justin Goodbread, CFP, CEPA. So I thought this was a pretty good article. I agreed with everything. The only thing is when it comes to like the tax loss harvesting, you know, dealing with the stocks and all this stuff. Personally, I've never liked the idea of like taking profits and then selling a stock that's losing just so that you could take those profits without paying taxes. Because basically, you're just at like zero dollars after that. Like, just think about it. Okay, so you pay, well, you take in ten thousand dollars in profit, but then you lose ten thousand dollars, which means that you're at zero, which is why you're not paying taxes, right? But who wants to lose money? Period. Right. Typically speaking, if you're investing correctly, your money will just tend to continuously compound 
over years and years and years and years, right? So there's not really much of a reason why you should be actually taking losses at all because you shouldn't have like a loss on your stocks over years, right? Which should also help you avoid capital taxes. Well, a lot of a lot of taxes basically. By the way, if you want to follow a simple plan to help you get out of debt, go check out 40inbox.com because that's one thing that is actually very simple to understand and to actually do is by getting out of debt. Because once you're out of debt, you have a lot more cash flow and a lot more freedom to actually go and start investing, start buying a home, start buying stocks, all that kind of stuff, right? But you got to get to the point in your life where you're not drowning in debt. We'll see you in future episodes. Peace out. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by our personal finance courses. So if you have problems with mastering your money and you need help, go down below and learn how to master your money. And this is a plan that anyone of any income level can follow. It is simple and easy to follow for any income level in any situation and is very straight to the point. And if you want to learn how to make money online, go down below as well. And we'll see you in future episodes.